Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Charlie Baker. And this is the H&J Daily with uh, some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, we're joined by two fine comedians, although... Uh, they were kind of well. One of them was talking about something that you wouldn't necessarily expect, oh, yeah. unless you listen to his World War Two podcast. That's Al Murray, the pub landlord. Yeah, he's a big out, uh, history uh, buff. And Command, he's Command, his first serious book, and it's a it's a corker. It's a very yeah, interesting very topic, nice. and we enjoyed chatting to him. Um, uh, Jeff Norcott joined us, another very funny man, yeah. AFC Wimbledon fan, doing a got a charity, a charity night coming up, isn't he? On when, is it Wednesday or Thursday? I think uh, yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. He came up with some uh, interesting stuff. We had a chat. Um, Charlie went to a gig last night. He told us about that. We went to dinner with Sean Dyche indirectly. <laughs> and um, yeah, yeah you some got anxiety involved. dreams. Some anxiety we, dreams from your profession. Here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Charlie. Afternoon, Paul. I've had lots of nice messages this week, actually, Have talking you? about the West Country. Oh, yeah. I did a podcast called, I think you've listened to it, called um, My New Football yeah, Club. Yeah, it was good. With, yeah. with David Earl, who's moved to Devon and become an Exeter City fan, yeah. despite you, my best intentions. Know David from uh, Afterlife and, yeah. and uh, Derek and uh, Brian and Charles, his excellent yeah. film. Yeah, he's a film star now. Yeah, 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 so yeah. he can afford to live in Devon and work, you nice. see, Paul. Yeah, That's yeah, how yeah, it is. Good. But he's, he's left Manchester United behind and he's started to support Exeter City. I mean, mm. what a bad choice. What a terrible choice. But I'm pleased he does support Exeter City because he's not on my patch yeah. and he's a lot more famous than me. So <laughs> it's, it's actually very good But the for podcast me. was very entertaining. Uh, very good. And well, they're, they're um, a good bunch. Couple of, you have to name a couple of Exeter players. And we, we can, unfortunately, we can't say them at this time of day. I'm not sure the names you came up with are real footballers. Well, I don't like I don't know any of them. I don't like any of them. I no. don't like the team. I don't like the club. It was good. I think David was... Because he's quite new to it, really, I think yeah. he was a, quite a casual Manchester United fan. Yeah. And he's now... He's not... Maybe bought into the rivalry between your two clubs. So yeah. I think he was quite shocked at the... The vitriol. Well, as I established earlier, the bile, on, the Exeter, Exeter fans couldn't care less about Torquay United, no. really. They You're couldn't just care an annoyance. They laugh at the Torquay, yeah. it's always the way. But, you know, Torquay fans, we, we do not like Exeter oh, City. Wow. So. Yeah, I've gathered that. There we are. You anyway, can listen to that. I know, just picking up, that's a, it's a very nice podcast, My New Football Club. Don't listen to it now, obviously. It's probably one of don't, the few. Don't put fo- it on now. Listen of, to this. It's one of the few football podcasts <laughs> that's got quite a kind of relaxed jazz. Soundtrack yeah, that, like that. that sort of sits underneath. I didn't it. know if that was just for me or. No, I think that, I think think that every time. Yeah, I think okay, so. Anyway, nice. a couple of things to get you going yes. on. We're going to be speaking to one of the people featuring in this little exchange, and uh, it did strike a bit of a call with me. Maybe it will in your line of work as well. Uh, Sid Lowe, the fine uh, journalist, uh, Spanish uh, expert, of yes. course, Sid. 
He says he had, he had this anxiety dream. He said, I turned up at a Champions League game, uh, turned out to be the training ground, not the stadium. Couldn't see it properly. Didn't have my laptop with me or a pen. I missed all the goals. Everyone very annoyed. Time slipping away. I didn't recognise the players. <laughs> and, and then Nigel Adley, our own Nigel Adley, straight in there saying, my recurring one is when my commentary position is behind a brick wall with no monitor. <laughs> I think some a dream analyst needs to look at that one, Nigel. Nigel. And then, having that nightmare. And then Kevin Hatchard, uh, uh, who we spoke to, uh, well, we speak to quite regularly, one of our top European team. Kevin said, mine is doing a game uh, off tube on TV and I, and as always, he said, a recurring one. I come back into the booth a few minutes late for the second half and there's been a goal. There's no way of finding out who scored it. I spend the rest of the commentary trying to work out how I can get out of trouble. Yeah. And it's interesting. It, it's interesting because it's not, themed. Look, I know generally people's dreams, other people's dreams are boring, but when they're actually themed around your work, I've had this one a couple of times where I basically do a show and often nothing really happens. <laughs> I'm a dream, oh, and, I, and I, I do. You know, yeah, exactly. But it's a good, it's a good solid yeah, yeah. show. Good side. Yeah. No, nobody comes in with three heads, and or you know, nothing yeah. really happens. As I don't swear or anything. Yeah. But I do a show, and I wake up, and I've done a show, and I think, cool, I'm knackered. I can't go to work after that. <laughs> I've already done three hours. Just done it in your it head. Probably was a thirty second dream. But yeah. look, if if they are related to your line of work, I mean, we'd be interested yeah, do, do in do those. Like, re- do, exactly. Yeah. Do, 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 you know, do the Sparkies turn up with? I bet they, they do. The right Spark, stuff. Yeah, they blow the like, house up. They can't see. Then there's no batteries in their torch. I suppose it must be that, mustn't it? Really? Can't get fuel to run your van. Whatever spark it is. is, it's complete in the circuit, isn't it? I mean, oh, yeah. How many of them wake up getting a belt off or something? You, Whoa. Won't, you, won't, you won't be quite be able to see the, the wires. I can't see the wires. Yeah, that's, that's right. I didn't know is. which one to cut. I one just can't them, see Suddenly them. a bloke who normally just sort of wires up people's houses is in bomb disposal. Yeah. Anyway, do let Anxiety us know. Anxiety dreams, lovely. To, to, in your line of work, though, not general ones, not, you know, you know the giant marshmallow and all that <laughs> stuff. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Good afternoon, Jeff. How are you? Hey, Jeff. Yeah, I'm not too bad, actually. I mean, look, obviously, as a comic, my big nightmare is being a teacher again. That's the main recurring dream <laughs> right. that I have, which is that I'm no longer telling jokes for 20 minutes, that I'm in front of teenagers trying to speak to them about Keats. <laughs> <laughs> did you, I mean, as a teacher, do you remember having those anxiety dreams? And what, as a stand-up, I suppose, I've been talking to Charlie about this off-air earlier on, I suppose, is it is it dying? What is the thing, I mean, turn- on stage, obviously, what is the thing that you get as a comic? Well, dying is is the thing that actually happens sometimes. Yeah. So it's more it's more the circumstances of that. I, I think as you're coming up on something like an Edinburgh run or a tour, it's just that no one's going to be there, or, or slowly losing them. You know that yeah. is that's the, mm. that's almost the hardest thing to do in stand up when you've sort of demonstrated to them that you can actually do the job to then slowly lose them. It's like you know. It's like it's like a romantic engagement that sort of slowly starts going badly. Then you become aware of all the distractions in the room, and you're like, you know, what, should we just knock this on the head and watch telly? Yeah, I got, I, I got ignored off in Belfast once. Just ignored started off. off, started fine, but then they just sort of started talking amongst themselves. So you hear that low hum, and you know it just gets louder and it's louder. It's just gone, you know. Yeah, yeah really. Can't you yeah. do anything that sort of auctioneers do? It. <laughs> I suppose you've lost it once you start doing that to an audience. You're gone, and you're really slow motion. Yeah, is what I, gets me in a, in a dream. In yeah. An anxiety. Dream like yeah. slow, like I won't be able to walk, all like my speech will really slow down. Yeah. I, that's what gets me. Anyway. So, it's interesting, yeah. you're more anxious as a teacher than you are a stand up, Jeff. 
Yeah, I remember there was what there was one term where I was teaching um, Romeo and Juliet. So I done you get very well prepped for your first year as a professional teacher for your first term, mm. and then over that Christmas I was so knackered and ill I didn't do any prep, and then I was kind of so I was sort of really only discovering the plot at the same time as the kids. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, going, no. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Oh, and then I was like, and then so the nurse, you know what the nurse does? Anybody want to tell me what the nurse does? I mean, there are some tricks that you can deploy yeah. as you can kind of rely on the bright kids. And yeah, exactly. That is exactly what the nurse does. She discovers them. Yeah. At least somebody was doing the work because I certainly wasn't. <laughs> oh, funny bit. That's a funny about bit. That? Oh, yeah, no, they're, they're both dead. They're, they're, and they, they're both and, dead. You're at the top of the class. Isn't it nice they're in love? Isn't it yeah. nice? This will last. Yeah, I was in tears. <laughs> the final couple of scenes, I was in bits. The kids are, can we go? Now, sir, great time. The bell's gone, sir. Can we go? Sir's crying. Sir's crying. (laughs) Sir, why are you crying? Come see Mr. Norcott, please, sir. (laughs) Your real name, Jeff, sir. He's crying. He had not read Romeo and Juliet. It's really upset him. Um, So, Jeff, you're doing a gig, aren't you, for a very good charity gig? Tell us more. Yes, yes, I've got the charity gig coming up for uh, Aid International uh, on, I think it's, it's, it's on Wednesday night, and they've got so, uh, so many great comics on. I think among them uh, is, is Paul, uh, Paul Sinner, and uh, there's going to be Simon Evans. There's going to be a real mix of people. You know, yeah. the great thing about these charity gigs, as, as uh, Charlie will know, is that you get, um, you know, you, you you just get, you get like sort of a really bite-sized chunk of some really great people. We, we'd never like to admit it as comics, but probably eight, eight minutes is plenty. Yeah, more, more than enough. <laughs> <laughs> I think I it's Mark, Mark Watson had, had, had a line about his Edinburgh show mm. about after 20 minutes, you sort of go, yeah, I get the idea now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll tell you what, if it's one of the greats, if it's Richard Pryor, I go, okay, all right, I'll give it 25. Connolly, yeah. <laughs> may, maybe do half an hour, but... Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, looking at it, Rhea Lena is on, yeah. Ivo Graham is on, Simon yeah. Brodkin is on. And, uh, you know, I mean, the good thing about any any charities like this is that you get to have a laugh. And also, you know, you have to you get to virtue signal a bit. This is good virtue signaling. Right? <laughs> this is fine. It's fine to do this. Say I went and I had a laugh and uh, raised money for, for a good cause. And hopefully, hopefully by Wednesday, I'll have, I'll have fully recovered because I just got back from Vegas yesterday. Oh, did you? And, Don't tell uh, us what went yeah. on. Uh, it, well, look, I'm, I'm 45 now. I can tell you, it wouldn't it wouldn't take long. There was uh, yeah. a couple of a couple of days that were quite active, and then there was a lot of sleeping. And um, you know, with the exchange rate like it is, you had to sleep. You had to say, well, we, we can't be doing <laughs> yeah. this. You could you could tell who the Brits were, lads. They were the ones by the pool that are sort of getting chucked out for having a hip flask. You could oh, see. Yeah. <laughs> were you working, Jeff? Were you on holiday there? Uh, no, no, on holiday, it was, it was oh. a surprise wedding. So uh, oh, there was wow. a, a couple of a couple of lads that we knew were getting married out there. And, um, but one of, one of they, they'd they been engaged for a while and um, they just thought, right, it's time to, you know, or get off the pot. Yep. And so he took his fella out there. And um, so he sort of knew he was going to get married because they had the wedding license. But when he turned up, when they turned up at the, um, the little chapel, oh, to yeah. keep ourselves uh, sort of incognito even longer, we were wearing Elvis masks. Oh, but no fantastic. one had really considered that when he walked in the chapel we all turned around with that that was an extremely spooky moment yeah wow. I don't quite... <laughs> it would be scary wouldn't yeah. it yeah yeah um, and then we all took our marks off our masks off again like that wasn't the weird bit we're like it's fine it's us but at that point i think he just wanted to fight you know in the body goes into <laughs> fight or flight mode, you know, fight. just doing fly kicks not yeah. knowing what was going on now one of the uh, acts doing this uh, uh, fundraiser for the ukraine appeal for the red cross is Peniel harland yeah. And uh, I see on Twitter she's addressed this. If you think my name Peniel is weird, you should meet my cousin Erling. Uh, so, I mean, obviously she gets <laughs> any relation, people are now saying to her. But imagine, I mean, she, she, she 
Probably is brilliant. Oh, yeah. She's a great finisher. She goes on last, I would imagine, <laughs> and does her Yeah, and, and everyone will probably say this can't continue at this level. Yeah, she I mean, can't be, be that good all the time. <laughs> she just can't Something keep being this funny for this long. Yeah, that's true. Oh, okay, well, she's got a really long neck. I've never met her. Yeah, she gives really cryptic post, uh, post-gig interviews as yeah, well. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's happening on the 12th yeah. of October. Well, that's tomorrow, isn't it? In aid of the British Red Cross yeah. Ukraine appeal. At the Bloomsbury Theatre, and you yeah. can see all those fine acts. Bite-sized portions of all your favourite acts. Um, and we should talk about AFC Wimbledon while you're on. Um, mm. Yeah, going, not, it could be going better. I mean, all the... All those noises you made mm. were exactly how it is. <laughs> uh, I mean, we won, we won the other week. Um, we won the other week a, a home game, and it's been it's been one of the sad things that we, since we went back to Plough Lane, we've had a, we've had a shocking home record. Mm. Um, but it was good to, for the fans to see a win. But then we went to Walsall at the weekend, and uh, it's tough. You know, it, it, it's tough. We've lost a lot of good players, and we've got we've got games coming up. Which, which, if I was to tell you they're tough games, they wouldn't sound it. You know, Sutton United, Harrogate. Newport County, I don't know, Scarborough, probably teams that don't even exist anymore. Uh, Rushton and Diamonds, <laughs> I'm just throwing out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, um, but, I mean, you know, no, no one's got a right to succeed, but I think with the mm. fans, you know, you feel as an AFC Wimbledon fan, and this will probably annoy people, is that God, we've, been, we've been through a lot. I, mean, I don't think anyone is thinking that we have any God-given right to get out of this division at the first go, but it would be just be nice to mm. to sort of get somewhere near mid-table for a while because, you know, in League One, we had we had a good four seasons where we were yeah. battling the drop. Yeah, I mean, mid-table really is you know, 19 points at the moment and you're on you're on 12 and you're obviously, as, as I'm sure you're aware, you're closer at the bottom than mid-table. Mm. You're at four points off of Rochdale on eight. So, yeah, you want to yeah. get a couple of wins and pull away from that area so you can breathe a bit easier. Yeah, we, well, we could... Well, the thing is, Paul, we couldn't fold again because it'd have to be AFC, AFC Wimbledon. You can't keep... I don't know if you can do. I don't know if anybody's allowed to do a double phoenix. You'll yeah. be, you'll be absolutely fine. I mean, there's, there's, there's always two teams. There's always one team that absolutely drops off the bottom, so that you can yeah. write, write that one out, and then I think you'll be absolutely fine. You've got enough about you. You so close to London that 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 well, you are in London. So you're so, so close. Yeah. To, you're so close to other mm. big London teams that you can get some mm. cast off. Someone will come in. If only you could take your Papa you John's form into the yeah, league. Exactly. Two wins in the Papa John's. Yeah, but of course, you know, with our fans, we're boycotting that on principle. We're the, we're the most principled fans in the league. It's amazing that we even turn up to games. You know, there's always, there's always you know, if, what's if the, the principle? The, charges, under, the under twenty ones, it. Yeah, I mean, I sort of understand that to a point. It does mm. seem a little bit like it's kind of like posh parents sending their kid on a gap year. Like, go away and do, find yourselves in, <laughs> in the Papa John's. <laughs> Come back to us when you've grown as a person. So there is something about the principle of the Papa John's. Mm. But, but you know, as, as mm. Paul rightly says, the fact that we're winning games there does make yeah. it slightly more tempting. Maybe it's you lot. Maybe it's the fans. If yeah. you keep away, you'll see if you Home might win fans. the league. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there, there is something. I, I do think that when the players walk out, like they're these young, these young players, and they're aware of the, the like it's very much drummed into them the history of the club and mm. you know what a Herculean effort it was to be back at Plough Lane. And I wonder sometimes if we could just you know get back, you know, get a few years beyond that, and, and that just you know just be a club essentially. You, you, you know, the story is a lovely thing, but we've just got to kind of compete on those terms. So I'm hoping to get down there uh, in in a couple of weeks. You know, see if there's a See if there's uh, some tickets left. I think we when we're playing uh, Harrogate, um, yeah, they're not very good. You know, Har- 
Well, Harrog- I always think about Harrogate and, you know, excuse my southern arrogance here, but whenever I gig up there, I always think I, n- I never expected to go this far mm. north and find somewhere I couldn't afford to live. You know, so was- <laughs> we, were, we were raised, weren't we, in the south in the 80s to think, oh, you can go anywhere with your money. Yeah. Like, Hang on, they've got Harvey Nicks. I could not afford to live here. So yeah. uh, it'd be amazing. I- I'm just very interested to see what kind of crowd Harrogate bring down to to London, whether it's a sort of picnic and olives kind of crowd or... You may get the leads over. They may get the rabid leads over spill. You may get some of them coming down. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Joining us in the studio now. Not, I mean, he's on tour as the public currently, but that's not what we're going to talk about. We're sensible book out as well. It's one of his other great interests. uh, Is um, it's well, it's the Second World War podcasts uh, on the subject, as Mm -hmm. I'm sure many of you will know. We we have ways to make you talk. Uh, Al Murray joins us now. Hello, chaps. This is Command, your new book. Yes, it's um, my first book without any jokes in. <laughs> um, uh, which has been, uh, 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 what's the word? Uh, uh, it's been an absolutely uh, hair-raising experience to write a book yeah. that isn't funny. I mean, you know, obviously there are plenty of people out there who may have read my other books. And <laughs> <laughs> said you'd already <laughs> managed it. Done, you've yeah, already yeah, done it, Al. We'll be the judge of that. <laughs> it, it's an interesting concept, isn't it? Because you've, you've kind of looked... Come on, you've looked at the people... I mean, you've looked at the whole story of how the... the well, the, the tagline is how the Allies learned to win the Second World War. But you've looked at some of the uh, sung heroes, if you can call them that, yep. in Patton and Monty. But yep. you've also looked at a lot of the unsung, a lot of names in there that people wouldn't know but were so yeah. key to the Allies winning the war. Yeah, yeah. and, and cause, Because the, the story of the war is that they... we the, I mean, you, I think we could say we. Get off to this really terrible start. Like... Yeah. Um, Three years of absolutely everything that could possibly go wrong going wrong, particularly yeah. on land. It's just it's diabolical, and yeah. and then there's this sort of strange transformation where suddenly everything starts going right, and um, some of it's to do with stuff mm-hmm. and kit and equipment and technology. Yeah. But but in the end, you've got to persuade people to to do the fighting, and that's the thing I'm sort of I'm quite interested in, and I'm also interested in the way that the history like. The history of the Second World War is really interesting because it's got off reservation. It's escaped from historians and academics. It belongs to everybody. Yeah. Mm. Um, and so people have got all these ideas. They, they come piling in with what they think happened. And so that, that's the sort of thing I wanted to write about. You've addressed something in the book that I've often thought about, the, the way that the Allies were able to work, and particularly the, the Brits and the Americans, because the officers... Uh, the guys at the sharp end, if you like, uh, yeah. in, in terms of making those big decisions, were very different men from very different backgrounds, and I yeah. wondered if they would have just rubbed each other up the wrong way. Well, I mean, when you look, when you look at the, when you look at how, you know, the British Army generally took its officers from public mm. schools, from four public schools, in, yeah. you know, uh, generally, and then and then during the war, it sort of had to lower its, as it saw it saw it lower its standards a bit, <laughs> and let other let other people in, yeah, right, to being to to command roles. But basically, they're all they're all from public school. They're all sons of bishops or sons of soldiers and all that sort of thing. So a very tight class thing. And then the Americans. I mean, Bradley's Omar Bradley is one of the uh, generals in there who's a who ended up a five star general and commanded the American effort on D Day and then in Northwest Europe. He was the son of a teacher from you know from a dirt poor family in the mm-hmm. middle of nowhere in the US, who then goes into the army and is made by the army like that advert. And and owes his life and his achievements to the to the institution. So so the idea of him running into someone like Montgomery, who's this, who's a who's a tough and he's a bishop's son and he's a, real, a proper pain in the backside. The idea of them clashing is sort of amazing. And really, what's striking is there's less friction than mm. you might expect because the because you've got such different cultures running into each other. The American one and the British one. 
You talk about how it becomes a really mechanical war as yeah, well. Yeah. How, how yeah. St- stuff really comes into it, not just yeah. men v men, but machine v machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, I mean, the statistics are kind of amazing. That the um, uh, Stalin, uh, uh, <clears throat> I, I don't know after he comes up on Talksport. It, it doesn't <laughs> actually. We went to his. We went to his dasher when we went to uh, Sochi. Did, did you? Yeah. I played, oh, played, I played oh, snooker on his old snooker. Table. Oh, fantastic! Go. Oh, I'm not. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not too far out of line then. Um, <laughs> the, um, he says in like November 1941, and he yeah. says this like when the Russians are really in uh, Soviet Union's really in a bad way right. in November 41. He says this war is a war of engines. Whoever makes the most engines will win the war. Really? The Americans make three and a half million million truck motors in the second world war and the russians make a hundred thousand tanks and the british make something like fifty thousand tanks the americans make a hundred there's just tons and tons and tons of stuff yeah and the other side the, the axis powers can never keep up could just never ever keep up with that and the sheer like scale of stuff is amazing but you've still got some you've still got to persuade someone to drive the tank to put their own life in danger sure. so you yeah. having the stuff doesn't necessarily mean you're going to you're going to win, which is the thing I think you, you can see um, right now that you can have a bigger army, but unless you know what to do with it. And so you're saying that the, the commanders came in and the, and the sort of most successful ones yeah. were your sort of Harry Redknapp, arm round the shoulder yeah. type mm. that, yeah. that would, 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 would make yeah. working yeah. people go and fight. Yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, rather and the, than someone going, you do that. That's right. It's all very, and it's all really, really subtle. So the, mm. so the, um, one of the things, I mean, one of the really interesting things, and there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a historian who's done a load of research on this in recent years, where basically, when you wrote home, um, uh, the censor would look at your letters and the censor was actually your, like, your, one of the officer who was sort of in charge of you and he'd not only like cross out where you were and all the stuff mm. you weren't allowed to put in yeah. he'd also note down whether you thought you were hungry whether you were miserable whether you thought things were pointed and they they look like kind of survey the mail wow. and then if they got bad stuff in the mail they'd do stuff about it they'd go right okay the lads the lads want to break the lads want morale and, sure, morale yeah. and all that and they keep mm. a really close eye on that and it's the people who got that right and who figured out how to get that right and to project confidence that were able to um, persuade people to, to fight. Because it's, you know, you're being asked to put your life on the line. It's a big, sure. it's a big deal. Mm. You, you, you also talk about you know, Spike Milligan's excellent yeah. books over that he wrote about his yeah. time there. But you say to him that something that comes across in his books that the people in command were important, were important to oh, them. incredibly. And yeah. his, his, like, his, his experience comes right down to that. So he had two um, uh, uh, battery majors... Who who look, one of whom looked after him and tolerated him and thought he was funny and mm. you know gave uh, and put his arm around him and mm. another one who didn't and um, he pretty much attributes to, he had a he had he had a full combat fatigue breakdown um, in Italy near near Casino and he put that down to the fact that he wasn't looked after properly that his commanding officer didn't care about him and told him he was a coward basically mm. told him to put himself together and get back to it whereas his predecessor had really looked after him so it really. The immediate effect right yeah. there. Maybe Milligan, who knows what would have happened to Milligan anyway. But that's how he felt he was, uh, he was being treated. And it's that thing of feeling like you, feeling like if there was something to fight for mm-hmm. and feeling that the people that were, were in charge of you, mm. like, were looking after you and weren't spending your life cheaply and all that sort of thing, which I think is really, really interesting. I mean, you know, to bring it up to date in a sense, um, what's going on in Ukraine, we keep hearing from them, those in the know that yeah. the, the quality of the the Russian command, the Russian officers, is maybe not as high as it would be well, in other armies. I mean, so maybe well, that's an example of what you're talking so about. So it seemed to be. I mean, in the, in the Second World War, the, num- the, the, the numbers kind of speak for themselves in the Allied, on the Allied side. So if you're in the British Army, you had a kind of 1 in 20, 1 in 25 chance of being killed. 
In the American army, one in 35 chance of being killed. If you in the Soviet army, you had a one in four chance of being killed. Mm. And that, that kind of, it's about, because what the British did is they went into the Second World War, as they said, we can't do what we did in the First World mm. War. We can't have a million people killed. We've got to be super careful and look after people. And they had a policy they called steel, not flesh, where you'd use the machinery rather than people to get mm. what you want. And the, 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 it seems that the, what the Soviets were doing was the opposite, where it just didn't matter. You just pumped people into problems until you, until you won. And, of course, they took far greater casualties, and there is the argument that they won the Second World War by doing that. But you're the contra- I know which army I'd rather be in yeah, if, if yeah. it comes mm-hmm. down to it. Which is the interesting part of the interesting thing of the history. Mm. It's fascinating stuff. It is. It's um, it's it's it's, <laughs> no, it's it out now. It's out on yes, oh, it's, it's out, out now. On, it's out on Thursday. Out on Thursday, um, uh, and uh, um, I, it's been very. It's been a really interesting experience, right? Because mm. I've you know, like I said, I've written comedy books before, and the editor writes back. You know, you get the email back going. Well, I'm not sure that joke really works. Like, I'm like, yes, it does. It's my <laughs> joke. I think it's funny, right? Whereas this has been. Um, you seem to have got the wrong date for that, or oh, are right. you, uh, that argument in that paragraph doesn't really follow through. Do you, do you think wow. you need to revise it? Oh, You're like, <laughs> please don't question it. <laughs> exactly, I can't do this. But he's given you a taste for more. He's like, he's well, I, I think like I think so. I mean, I, I, I'm the podcast certainly means that I've got. I, what's been brilliant in writing this is I've had this with the podcast. I've spoken to so many historians and so people who really know this stuff. Yeah, that I, I feel like I can come at it. Um, uh, much more informed than um, than yeah. than I would have done before, but mm. I mean, it, you know, it's a bottomless pit. The Second World War. Yeah, we, we, we were discussing earlier, Paul, weren't we? Mm. That you know, if it was now, but I was t- yeah. discussing with our producer John, saying that'd be us, John. We'd be out there now. We'd be now. We're all too old. You'd be too old. I'd say I'd go and try and go for Enter. Would you have done that? Would you have tried to get in the entertainment? Absolutely. I'd have. I'd have. done whatever was required of me, entertainment wise. You know, yeah, we're all too. We're all too old. That's the other thing. It was this whole thing's fought by people. Under thirty, you know, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, you know, or and people in their early twenties. That's the thing that I, you know, because I know what a feckless. There we go. I, yeah, <laughs> what I was like when I was twenty. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah. and and the resp- things well, that were asked of people. Then. Anyway, um, I, now I'd have taken my tap shoes. Right. I'd have taken me tap <laughs> shoes. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can see you in the Melvin Hayes role. <laughs> What's that noise, Baker? It's my tap shoes. It's a triple pickup time step, sir. <laughs> Sounds like a winner. It might yeah. not frighten the enemy, but by God, it frightens yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a slight change of gear. Because yeah. we're now going to play Celebrity oh, yeah. Combination oh, well, Lock. I've heard now, about this. Now, is it? Or after the break? Is I think we're going to do it now. I think we're going to do it oh, now. Oh, good, okay. good and exciting. Here we go. Celebrity Combination Lock with your hosts, Paul Hawksby and lock keeper, Charlie Baker. Yes, it's Celebrity Combination Lock. Uh, some of the people who've played it so far, Tommy Walsh of Ground Force, yeah. Kel Spellman, the fine actor from uh, Cold Feet, Martin of Fire, rugby legend, John Richardson, comedian, yeah. and Leeds United fan. You've got no, no numbers. No correct numbers, John Richardson. No. It's a pretty simple game. Eh? All you've got to do is try and guess the four digits on Charlie's Combination Lock. Uh, is it the same as the previous guesses? Is, is it, uh, well, they, were they Tommy, guessing the same number? Tom, yeah, same number, yeah. It's got to yes. try and open the lock. You've got to try sure and open the lock. We're, we're not sure s- yet. We haven't worked out the format what happens when you open the lock. Yeah. If you get anything. All right, you, okay. Actually, you get a copy of Al Murray's new book, yeah. Command. Signed. Signed copy. I don't want to have to read that again. Thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. All oh, right. Um, well, John got none, didn't John he? got none, yeah. Is yes. there like a sort of one of these mm. sort of... Oh, there is great. There's a bed. Tommy Walsh got two nine four. Said two nine four six. Yes. One correct number in the correct place. 
So you've got one correct number, one number in the correct place. Yeah, that was Tommy Walsh, 2946. Kale Spellman, 2318. Got one correct number, one in the correct place. Right. Martin of Fire, 2893. One correct number, zero numbers mm. in the correct place. John Richardson, 2475. Zero correct numbers. Yeah, but that's because John obviously deduced that two was the correct number. Yeah, well, there mm. we are. You see, so yeah. there we are. You're ahead of him already. Okay, I'm going to go... One nine four five. No, oh. no. Yes, one oh. nine four five. Oh. Oh. Yeah, yeah, okay. So on brand. Well, like, yeah. yeah, that's what we're here for. Got <laughs> a meaningful. So on brand. To plug the book. Plug the yeah. book. One nine four five. Here we go. Let's go will be in. delighted. <laughs> here we go. Could this be the end game for celebrity combination? <laughs> Let's find out. Here we go. One nine four five. Yes, one nine four five. Hey, Charlie, here we are. The locks. Put them in. Here yeah. we go. The moment Ooh, it feels loose, does it? No, oh, it's wrong. It's wrong. That four and the four, the four's so obviously terrible. The four and the five are obviously no use to anyone. Well, there we are. And the one, so <laughs> should have got one of those. You've had to go. Really... You never get invited back on celebrity combination lot. Yeah, that's it. That's your you only ever play it once. Thank, thankfully, are there enough celebrities? <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, how many combinations? There is a celebrity shortage. It's four. It's four times four times four times four times. Depends four, how low it? you want to go. Yeah, depends I mean, how low you want to go down. How many? So, uh, John, you're going to be. I mean, you're that barrel. You might end up scraping. <laughs> yes. I mean, this could take eternity to play. Exactly. Well, you've just exactly. devised the greatest radio format. Yeah. It could go on for it goes years. Goes on forever. We're unsackable. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the plan, well, anyway. That's the, that's the plan, anyway. Pushing the envelope. Uh, Paul, yeah. could you, could you, Paul, could you ask how many numbers that Al got? If you got any numbers yeah, at okay. all, of course. Uh, how many numbers does Al get right? Let's try and find out. None. None. Oh, one! None. My deductive no. process was flawless. None. <laughs> it's unbelievable, Al. Oh, I had well. you money on you to win this right. I, I was very confident then. One, um, nine, four, five, zero, correct numbers, zero in the correct place. Yes. There we are. Uh, before you go, Ian Danter, a drummer in residence, yes. sport presenter, um, yeah. says uh, he compliments you on the fantastic British drum company you're involved. They make oh, yeah. beautiful bespoke drums. Yes, we've just uh, launched a new range of uh, of jazz uh, styled uh, lounge oh, wow. drums. Yes, yeah. Th- thanks, thanks, Dan. What's very the company nice. called? British, the British Drum Company. Oh, very nice. Based in Stockport. Handmade in England. God, many strings. Very, to very pub landlord. That isn't it? It is yeah. a, it? Is a, you know what? And at the time we talked about good that, British drums. And, yeah. and beautiful British drums. Would we put people off with that name? And they're not selling very well in France. Oh. <laughs> France. <laughs> I'm not joking. Best really? ever. Best, before you go, best ever British drummer, Al. Phil Collins. Oh, there we are. Oh, that's there we are. No, sure, I'm sure. There we yeah, are. Yeah, we, that's it. we could start another whole argument. Oh, no, we no, I mean, we're not <laughs> here for that. We're not here for that game. No. Well, good to see you, Al, as always. Best of luck with the book. Oh, thank you so much. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Now, a bit earlier on, we were telling you that uh, Sid Lowe, uh, a sports journalist, their own Nigel Adley and Kevin Hatchard, yeah. who uh, commentate and... Uh, Been and, eating uh, cheese and they pull that cheese well, at the football. they have these vocational sort of anxiety dreams built around their jobs. Mm. I mean, I know other people's dreams are boring, but when they're actually built around what you do for a living, it's interesting, in all walks of life, how many people have the same thing, you know, as, as we yeah. said, Nigel, poor old Nigel, thinks he's going to turn up and do a game and there's a wall in his commentary position. He hasn't got a monitor. <laughs> so that's pretty basic. But other t- people's dreams, I don't know who says it, but other people's dreams are like their fantasy football teams or, yeah, their, exactly. or, their, or their family trees. It's but we bring you these because they are very tied to what you do for a living. Uh, Keith from Paynton says, uh, I'll drive a car transporter. And um, I've, the one I've got is I've parked in the services and I go and get a cup of tea and when I come back, all the cars are gone and I've only been gone five minutes. You can imagine that, well, can't Keith you? from Peyton, and that could happen in Peyton, to be honest. <laughs> it could quite possibly. Peyton in Devon. We've got one here um, from Vinny who says, um, I'm doing a paper round, but the nope. bag of papers isn't empty. The round wow. never ends until I wake up. I'm 41 wow. now. I've not done a paper round for 25 years. Should we psychoanalyse that, Paul? What do you think well, that is? You know, I mean, we need a paper an expert. round as a child he's got dreams as a child his paper bag is full of dreams and those dreams never run out and now he's an adult and the bag is finally empty it's empty of dreams there we are Professor Baker so there. You need just new dreams. <laughs> yes. Uh, Mikey, the Spurs fan's been in touch. He's, he's upset with Al Murray there. Oh, yeah. He said uh, Phil Collins couldn't clean John Bonham's sticks. Oh, see, this is the, that's the kind of row we've opened up, you see. But for the sheer versatility of him as a drummer, whether it be in the world of... Uh, Rock slash jazz rock. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just talk sport, not talk rock. Yeah, we could talk drums if you like. Yeah, I mean, yeah. look, you can make a case. You exactly. can make a case. And Al did. A drum case. He never got a chance. He never got the drum case. <laughs> Charlie Baker's new podcast, Drum Case. Uh, what a row it would be. Uh, okay, then. Um, there we are. If John and Al didn't get any numbers right, then zero, three, eight, and 6 have got to be... In, oh, I don't want to give it away. Don't, give, give, it away. don't give it away. Some people think they've worked fan. it out, do they? Some people think. Some people always think they've worked out a celebrity well, if combination. If there's lock. a minor celebrity listening this afternoon, or indeed a major one, we're trying to get three thousand and twenty other episodes out. We of are. That, so we're unsackable. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe not. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. You're a fan of uh, Strictly Come Dancing. Yes, I do. Been, yes, you've been watching it. I'm um, enjoying it. I mean, the Tony Adams. It was unbelievable at the weekend, Paul. Wasn't yeah, it? It I was, did watch the routine. One of the funniest things I've seen in a long, long time. Yeah. Well, really, I said to Andy, really Andy was being a bit sniffy about it yesterday. Why? I said, but were you not entertained? I mean, this that's the point for, of the show, it? isn't it? He's not, but he doesn't want to see. Who wants to see good dancers? But he is. I know who wants that. 
No yeah. one's that. It's like when someone good gets up at karaoke. You don't yeah. want that, Paul, do you? You don't want you that. You want someone who can sing Wind, Wind Beneath My Wings. No, you want someone who's going to butcher it, don't you? <laughs> exactly. That's, that's what we all live for, we're isn't all it? all sitting there for. Yeah. You, know, you can you always get that, you don't you? You know that you're yeah. my hero. Yeah. And then you can do like the, the guy's a girlfriend saying, he was in a boy band at yeah, one yeah, time. Yeah. yeah, all right. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> we didn't come here to listen to that. Clears exactly. the room. Go on. Yeah. Um, but no, just that Andy was sniffy, and I just thought that you would have been entertained by that, Charlie. I, and you, I thought know. it was really funny. I think his the the, the partner he's got is yeah. uh, I can't remember her name now, but she always does. She always takes not very good dancers and makes them look good. Does these great routines, and and Tony's working with what he's got, and he's yeah. got such long legs. Yeah, it makes it difficult. His legs. He's still got a fine yeah. figure of a man as well, isn't he? You know? This leads us into you went and saw James Taylor, uh, one of yes. the great singer songwriters of world music, of course. Yeah. Yes. Fire and rain, whenever we, um, I see your smiling face, etc. It went out last night to the uh, Hammersmith Apollo, which yeah. is always a nice uh, venue to go and watch music in, because it's not too big. Mm. Sound mix is always good, you yeah. know. We actually left our, our 16-year-old son in charge um, of of our uh, daughter. Yeah. For, the, for leaving your child in, in charge of your child. Was that the first time? <laughs> was the first time. He babysat for his sister. <laughs> was, a, was, a, was a whole new experience of... If, if you want an anxiety dream, yeah, that was like living one, you know. You sort of go, okay, yeah. Don't know who's, exactly look, that, don't know who's looking after that who. thing in your head of letting Dougal do a funeral in <laughs> Father Ted. Was it? <laughs> it's like having the youth team manager mm. take over as the uh, yes, as the first team manager right, for, us, yeah. for a Saturday. You know, big shoes. He, he did a lovely job. Great. Good. He did a great job. Anyway, yes, we went to see James Taylor. Mm. Um, not everybody's cup of tea. Some people find him a bit boring. Paul, okay. middle-aged music. I absolutely love him. Fair love enough. his lyrics. Love his vibe. Love yeah. his guitar playing style, and he always has excellent musicians with him. So just tell everybody, you're sitting there watching this yes. icon of, of uh, music, a great singer-songwriter, and what what was vexing you at this Dude, well, This is what I don't understand, is when someone's got a, a long list of songs that they've written and they're yeah. all absolute stone-cold bangers, yeah. you know, and suddenly they go, now we're going to play a new one, and you go, oh, come on, mate, yeah, yeah, yeah. or this is a song written by my friend, yeah. you know, <laughs> you sort of go, I don't want to hear that, mate. Yeah. I want to hear say that to him, I, well, I you know I, I've come to hear you sing uh, I like the song My Travelling Star yeah or uh, there's a lot did you of, shout that out no, 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 I shout any of those I don't shout any of those we are bringing this back to sport uh, in yes. the moment anyway, aren't anyway we? so he's sitting there playing this song written by his mate who, that no one really who was, was his mate Carol no, King no, or no no a lot of them are you know okay yeah yeah you know, anyway this one isn't and this song's not great. Just a mate of his. Not a great song. a plumber song. called Keith, it's, is it? <laughs> it's a low point of the evening. Okay. Let's just say right, that. Yeah, yeah. And you're sitting there and you're going... <laughs> and anyway, my mind started to wander. Yeah. I was looking at him thinking... I wonder what position he'd play. <laughs> you've, been do, you've been at TalkSport for too long. <laughs> In a football team, what would he play? Is he a central defender? And he's he's a bit too slight right. for a central defender. But at, I think at that level. Yeah, at that level. He's, I think he's 6'1", 6'2". I think he'd have made a good 80s goalkeeper. Right, OK. He's very rangy, long arm, big not long big arms. big enough these days. Long legs. 6'1's not no, tall enough. Not, not anymore, you six know. 6'4", really, I do. No, exactly. And then, and then that's, I thought, yeah, I think James Taylor in goal would be... I, I, can, I, can, I, can, I can see that. And then I thought, Neil Young, I looked up Neil Young. Yeah. Neil Young's 5'11". I thought he'd be good slow and steady in the middle, wouldn't he? You know, he'd be good at... Be, be good at just holding that right. midfield. You really didn't like this section of the gig, <laughs> did you? Blimey. And, then, and I was thinking, wonder where I'd play Tom Waits. Yeah. Where would you play Tom Waits? I'd, I'd have Paul. him in the dugout shouting at everybody. <laughs> in that megaphone. It'd be like having Sean Dyche <laughs> back, wouldn't it? <laughs> One of our, our assistant producer yeah. um, found himself in the company of Sean the other day. Okay. Yeah. And um, he discovered that Sean is a big fan of red meat. 
Oh, is he? He went for the mixed grill deluxe, I think. <laughs> and was a was bit, that a bit of liver in was it? A, was a bit, I don't know, was a bit taken aback that, uh, that our uh, young assistant producer um, was looking at a veggie option. Oh, dear. So in the end, um, very a bit of brand, pressure. Very on brand. He went chicken. Did he? Jamie went chicken, yeah. He found Did he? that uh, he didn't want to upset Sean. Well, you wouldn't, would you? So no, that's right. He gave him the eyes. Yeah. What? Ben Mee's probably what? listening. Off his meat deluxe. Yeah. <laughs> he said, go and eat them with your chicken. You get the lot, dear. They'll see you through the week. A whole pig. He knows what to do with a whole yeah. pig. That's right. But so what about that? Well, Sean Dice. Well, it's on brand, isn't it? Very on yeah. brand. I mean, a man that likes a big, big mixed yeah. grill. Looking for a job, though, I expect, at yeah. the moment, isn't he? There's I'll a few the jobs lamb coming up. And the beef, he said. <laughs> wow, what about that? It's a little insight into the world. <laughs> Chicken of or fish. Yes. Successful football. He'll be back, no doubt. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Well, there we are. That was this afternoon's show. I'll do it all again with Andy tomorrow. Got some fine guests joining us. Do hope you can join us for one. You'll be back on Thursday, Charlie. See you Thursday, Paul. Uh, for a birthday yeah, spread. This is the week. Last week. Could have won last week. Yeah, I know. You should have won last week. Should have won. And a little How many weeks could you have said that? So that's all coming up. Uh, Do hope you can join us uh, tomorrow. If not, podcast available around four o'clock. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.